Hello, and welcome to the E-Commerce Masters Podcast, the platform where we delve into the stories and strategies of e-commerce trailblazers. I'm your host, Ethan Giffen, and today we have the pleasure of welcoming a remarkable guest to our show. Joining us today is Ali Von Paris, the visionary owner and founder of Route One Apparel. What makes Ali's story truly remarkable is that she embarked upon this entrepreneurial journey right from her dorm room while pursuing her undergraduate degree at the University of Maryland. As a bona fide Marylander, Allie's journey embodies the spirit of our great state. Allie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes, I am so excited to have you here. Uh, so tell us all a little bit about uh, who and what Route One Apparel is and who your target market is. Cool, yeah, so I'm Allie, as you said, owner and founder of Route One. I started the business when I was 19 by accident. I was going to University of Maryland, paying my way through school as a first-generation college student and working at this bar called The Thirsty Turtle, which was very popular, unfortunately a little bit amongst underagers. So it was forced to shut down and I was pretty devastated about that. And I remember one of my last shifts, I was upset because that was how I was paying my way through school. And I had this light bulb moment. People were sharing their memories of the bar. I always had a knack for design, so I came up with this design idea I launched it on my Facebook page and it went viral. So initially it was just a t-shirt design, but I very quickly realized I was making a business out of it. Well, that's cool, that's cool. So your, your your first item that you created was a t-shirt for this shuttered bar, right? Yeah. And you know, it's it's really funny because I've actually been to that bar before. Back in, in my time, it used to be called the cellar, and I think on Mondays they had 25 cent pitchers of beer. I think we had so. like that plus inflation. It was like dollar beer, <laughs> yeah, um, dollar pitchers. So it was a really good time, and I feel like that's part of the reason why it has so much bad luck. But luck for me. <laughs> so how was how did you uh, how did you start selling these? You mentioned you have, you put it on your Facebook. Did you do sell these things in person at parties? How did you how did you kind of get going from that that standpoint? So immediately it was all digital in the sense that I had posted this design online, but I didn't know how to make an e-commerce business at the time. I didn't know how to launch a website. It was back in 2012, so it was uh, it was new. And um, sorry, I apologize. 2010. So even earlier. <laughs> so I posted it and people were hitting me up to buy this item and I was collecting cash all over campus. It was November, it was freezing cold. And I was like, there has to be an easier way. But e-commerce was new, I didn't know the answers and an acquaintance of mine said, you can launch a GoDaddy website, you can set up a PayPal account. And I just started Googling and I figured out how to make a Google, uh, a GoDaddy account and a PayPal connection and that's how I initially launched my website. It's great. And so uh, let, talk a little bit about kind of the depth of your product catalog. Like what, what kind of things are you selling that, are, you know, that people are getting very excited about? Yeah, so I would say in summary, Route One Apparel is a state pride brand. We sell all things state pride. Maryland in particular is very prideful of their flag, their crabs, all of their you know different kinds of uh, food items like Old Bay. Old Bay. Yeah. Old Bay spices. <laughs> yep, yep. So, I mean, we've evolved all beyond with licensing deals throughout the years. Initially, it was all like first initially University of Maryland themed gear. Uh, that was my alma mater. And then we evolved into Maryland flag gear and then acquired these licensing deals. But we now make over 70 different product categories. Oh, wow. And they're not all screen printed. Some of them are manufactured. And oh yeah, different. we make everything from custom hats to tennis shoes to bathing suits to even totally original prototyped items. Like we've made this Old Bay travel tin, which was pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. 
where you can take it, take Old Bay with you anywhere you want to go. So <laughs> it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of surreal to think that I just started it with no knowledge in e-commerce at all. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I think about like, how do you start, especially, you know, as you, it's one thing to move, get into screen printed products, like that's fairly accessible, but mm -hmm. then starting to manufacture your own products, which I'm sure you had to go, you know, to, to other places outside of Maryland to, oh, yeah. to kind of get made. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I mean, I, I was very foreign to the industry. I, my only experience with screen print prior to launching my business was working with this company called Universities because I was in a sorority and we would order through them. So that's why I was able to launch my first design, just ordering through them. And it pains me even today to know how much profit they made off of those, <laughs> that first design that I made. But then, you know, over time, it was just asking the right questions, getting lined up with the right people, learning how to bulk buy things on my own. And then, of course, going to websites to find manufacturers directly and uh, I just got super curious to explore all the different kinds of product lines. It's, uh, you know, one of, it, it, you know, there's, it, I, I love like a multitude of the things that you have uh, for sale as a proud, a proud Marylander. Uh, but one of the, the interesting stories was during COVID-19, right? I mean, yeah. I think that, uh, you know, I, I know that you are, as all of us, all, all business owners were extremely nervous of what was going to happen next, but you ended up getting uh, a little bit of luck uh, out, of, out of that process. Yeah, yeah, everyone has their COVID story, right? And I think the, the famous word everyone uses is pivoting. And uh, for us, it was pretty surreal because it was a moment of time where I was humbled to know that, like, I view my product as a want, not a need. You know, who wants Maryland-themed gear during a pandemic? Um, but what I like to define our business as is it's a community through clothing. And I realized that the community rallied around us during that time. All of the support that we've given the community all of those past years, they were really putting pressure on us to supply them with certain kinds of things. And it, it was a fast moving thing, but basically a few weeks before it was mandated federally to wear face masks, I started seeing an influx in people buying bandanas, surgical caps, uh, fanny packs, which weren't really popular before then. and. I started asking questions. Why are you buying 600 bandanas? Well, we're making face masks out of them. And I was stuck thinking I didn't want to sell fire during or water during a uh, fire, basically. Right. But I was torn. We had the ability to make face masks. We had quality fabric suppliers. And I turned to a few people I looked up to for advice, and they said, just make sure you do a give back aspect to it. Yep. And it ended up just completely transforming the way that we uh, we grew. Um, we grew, I, it was te over 10 times during the pandemic. Oh, wow. We went from 15,000 orders the year before to over 150,000 orders in just a year. Um, and it was because we announced to buy one, give one, and we ended up donating over $2 million worth of face masks. Oh, wow. During the pandemic. And there was a variety of factors. We had the local news picking us up. Uh, the governor wore a mask on a national press conference and name dropped us. And I was shell shocked at that. And it was the first time in history our Shopify website actually crashed. Oh, wow. Interesting. It's great to hear. I mean, well, it's not great to hear that your website crashed. But that's <laughs> just such an interesting, an interesting story. I mean, it's just the evolution, I think, all like us as well, you know, here at Groove, we evolve, you know, a lot during that time frame as well for our customers, you know, 
buy on, you know, buy online pickup, you know, in store or outside of store curbside pickup, it, it was became very popular. So really learning to figure out how to how to pivot. It's also mm-hmm. been really cool, I think, to see uh, the big guy, uh, Larry, uh, Larry Hogan, who was the governor at, at, the, at the previous governor here in Maryland, really be supportive of your business. Right. Like you're always repping your products, especially, especially the face masks, always mentioning you. Um, I've had interactions with him. He came to our office. He was supposed to stay there for 15 minutes and ended up staying a couple of He's hours. He's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, and wanted to, uh, you know, to, to meet everybody that was, that was there. And so uh, really just a, a, a personable, like, guy that really cares about business. And quite honestly, our businesses are, you know, a, a, a speck on the map, can, can, you know, in terms of all the bigger companies than the state yeah. of Maryland, right? Yeah, like and they want to really, recruit international at this yeah. point, you know? So it's humbling that we have a governor that was so supportive very of all supportive. the businesses during that time. Yeah, you know, very, very cool, you know, and so that's great. I mean, I love seeing uh, seeing you on TV. You, you are regularly on TV on Sunday mornings, uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, I love my deep WBAL and WJZ fans, uh, but they're cool. I, I, I appreciate I appreciate the um, features that they give us. It's really nice. Uh, and so for those of you not in the Maryland or Baltimore area, th- those are our two local affiliates for NBC and CBS, and they have their own uh, Sunday morning shows that uh, they will have local businesses on to kind of talk about uh, you know their products and services. So what do you think is your favorite creation so far? Everything has a story to it, and I've definitely journeyed through some things where I've learned, you know, after I started making a product, the mistakes of making that product. But I think the more recent product of our Maryland flag sequin jacket is one of my favorites right now. Uh, With the added exposure that we've had um, as a larger company, this was a true testament to the amount of exposure that we've gotten all over the, I've seen pictures of this all over the world at this point. But some of the really exciting things is the national um, anthem singer at the Ravens game, home game, wore this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fan of the game as well, a different, <laughs> a different home game, uh, was dancing around doing this funny dance, and she got, she won. Um, and it just is, it goes back to the whole reason why I started this business 13 years ago. I love making products that evoke a positive feeling. And I feel like it's almost like a little bit of a superhero costume. Um, These people get so excited wearing this stuff. It also allows people to feel like they could be approached. Um, And if you see someone wearing some flag gear, it immediately drops barriers of just making a a comment to that person because you have something in common. Um, So that was really fun to see the growth of that product. That's great. I mean, I, I love seeing that product too. When, like on away games on TV, like you'll catch a glimpse of somebody in the sequence. It definitely stands out in the stands when people. Oh yeah. Um, when 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 people put put that on, um, you know, I just uh, you know, it's a very unique product. I Thank mean, you. Yeah, and uh, the sequins are really cool initially, and it, it just goes to show too, um, placing your product in the right market. Uh, we have been attempting internally to try to solicit, you know, bulk buy opportunities for new products because we have so many different kinds of products um, and want to make new ones all the time. And we don't want to always just fund the launch of it. So we initially thought that dance studios would like that item and not a single dance studio was interested in it. And you said, and then we thought, you know what, let's just bank on our social media. Let's just put it on social media, on our Instagram. And it went absolutely viral. I posted a very basic photo of me wearing it at BWI. And that's actually the test. I put it on at BWI Airport. 
and I got stopped so many times. Where did you get that? Where did you get that? I was like, I guess I'm gonna like launch it for pre-order soon. Here's my business card, and we post. I posted it, and it went viral, and that was the confidence we needed to launch it. Yeah, that's cool. So, do you uh, do you pre-launch products on your website? That um, you know, are, are there times where you're kind of testing ideas and pre-launching them to see yeah. if it's something that you actually take all the way through production? I'll admit my team is not a big fan of the pre-launch strategy, but it's a huge part of our growth and feeling out new product ideas and everything like that. Our customers are also used to it. Ever since day one, I did pre-orders. Um, the first product, I launched it, uh, and thank God I did a pre-order strategy because I thought I was only going to order th 30, and I or ended up selling over 600. Um, and so we still do the pre-order strategy today, and it's really great to help predict velocity and uh, how much to order and save disappointment for people if you keep constantly getting stocked out of something. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, I think in this day and age when, when you're able to kind of have products closer to you, like in terms of faster manufacturing times generally, like smaller batches available, I think it's a good way to kind of test the marketplace and see, you know, is this going to sell a lot or, or a little? Oh, absolutely. Can we, can we uh, pump this on our social or through our email and what are we going to get you know, from, from that. And I think as long as you're transparent with your customers of, hey, this is a pre-order, this is when we expect it. And then, you know, I, I think that, you know, as I think that that's okay to do, yeah. right? And communication is key in pre-orders. Like, as you mentioned, we always are very clear about when things are estimated to come in. But of course, you know, everything is an estimate. We've gotten better at forecasting out when things are coming in. But uh, we also are very proactive about communication if anything goes awry. So that's also really important too. And most people are understanding, you know. And we obviously have the option of canceling orders if people don't want it anymore. So it's just a win-win for everyone. Yeah, you know, that's 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 cool. You know, you don't want somebody really, hey, this is just a, a, an approximate date, right, mm -hmm. or a range of, of dates with that. Um, why do you think people find Maryland theme items so appealing? You know, it's a, it's a I think it's a double double-edged sword there because I definitely think our brand has helped promote the whole flag identity and pride around the state, but we also are a very unique state. I've learned that. I'm from here. My family's been here since the mid-1800s. Uh, there, are, there are families that have been here for a very long time, mm -hmm. and I've learned there's some places in the nation where it's much more transient. Uh, and here, people, people come here and they stay here. And uh, there's big families that are here. So I feel like that is uh, something that adds to the culture. People are very proud of where they're from, and then they also tend to open up and tell you the history of their family, their town, and that is a big part of the culture. And so I think that that's why uh, my company has also been able to be successful, uh, because we obviously tap into that, and it's a very grassroots business. It's it's very authentic. You know, I'm, the fact that I'm, I'm here, my team is all from here, and so we're really, really, truly selling to our friends and neighbors. So that's cool. I mean, uh, you know, it's 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 definitely like you know things like Old Bay, you know, interestingly evoke a very strong response to those to those in Maryland. You know, I bought some uh, some items for my uncle's birthday and sh and sent them to him in Florida. You know, and so he's rocking his Old Bay watch band yeah. and, you know, just different, you know, all, all kinds of different different products. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's, it is intriguing because, you know, you used to always see that you would see Texas items, right? Like right. they're very, like, big and bold. Then you would kind of see South Carolina with, with, with their flag. 
And I and I think you've really helped to you know put that flag culture out there right. uh, in terms of Maryland themed products because there are much more available. Oh yeah. Um, now you know with 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 you and also the people that are copying you. Yeah, uh, which I know, is also right? another, uh, you know. <laughs> well, thankfully, I mean, and the copying was uh, a lot, it, it really triggered me, especially in the early years, because I was the one doing everything with my business, spending the time doing all the designs, working on the marketing, and especially when I saw some bigger companies like copy something of mine, I was like, why? Why can't we work together, you know? But thankfully now, especially with all of our licensing deals, I do have a much, stronger legal support <laughs> with that. So talk a little bit about your licensing deals and, and you know who some of those companies are and, and, and maybe how, how they came to fruition. Well, I'll say first and foremost, nothing came easy. It's, it's easy for someone to look at it now 13 years later and say, wow, you're lucky. You have all these licensing deals. And I'm so very grateful for that. But I a lot of my story is about proving people wrong and being okay with putting in the effort first and then asking for something. And so my first my first licensing deal, as I mentioned, was with my alma mater, University of Maryland. And actually, uh, when I was 19, I didn't know what copyright or trademark was. So I was making off-brand collegiate clothing uh, for University of Maryland, okay. and it was going viral. And Joe Ebaugh, who was the licensing director at the time for University of Maryland, he reached out to me very kindly and said, hey, I love the designs you're doing. Let's get you licensed and do this <laughs> legally. And thank God, because um, you know that's also part of the business model that we are in. It's like you know we can work together. Mm -hmm. And that was my first experience with doing something where I was in, uh, not knowledgeable about what trademark and copyright was, but obviously respected the University of Maryland identity. And I also got a taste for what licensing was while I was in college that way, and their support and everything. So that was amazing. And then. We had Natty Bow, like we got Natty Bow licensing. After that, there was an acquisition with Natty Bow being, or, and Paps, the parent brand, being bought by someone new, and they were kind of basically scouting for a partnership, and they they found me, um, and that was really exciting. Old Bay took a few years. Yep. Um, and but, so for those, yeah. that, let me stop you there for a second. Sure. For those that don't know, Natty Bow is National Bohemian Beer. Mm -hmm. uh, it was brewed in Baltimore way way back in the day. It's got a very iconic. Mr. Bow character yeah. that is very popular uh, in in Baltimore and Maryland yeah. in terms of uh, you know people uh, love to put it have it put on items uh, you know absolutely oftentimes though without uh, uh, oftentimes without without the approval without <laughs> the approval yeah and you know it's I, I think just by trial and error because um, I didn't have necessarily a very firm. Uh, growth strategy or anything like that, especially in the early years. But I just realized that Marylanders are very passionate about their food and drinks. And I think that every state has their thing. It could be a sports team. It could be a town. It could be a music interest. It could be a food, like a food group. Um, but with Maryland, it's really just these interesting brands that represent this whole conglomerate of identity around the Maryland culture. So that's how we've been able to um, expand over the years. So, you know, I can kind of see the progression of, you know, from University of Maryland licensing, then, you know, licensing for uh, National Bohemian from PAPS. But it would seem to me like Old Bay would be like just a whole much bigger, uh, a whole much bigger process to get into McCormick Spice as, as, a, as a licensing partner. Yeah, they're a billion dollar company and they didn't really have a direct partner with apparel. And uh, it was very interesting to get aligned with that, uh, 
conveniently, I live 15 minutes from their headquarters. So like I said, it took about two years to get licensing with them, and I basically just showed up to their <laughs> where, their headquarters a lot, and just eventually, uh, I won't name names, but I think basically said, you're really annoying, we're gonna try, we're gonna try this <laughs> out. And sure enough, like a few years in, I got asked to speak at a licensing summit on behalf of McCormick. I was really proud of that moment in time, and people in the room were Disney, uh, Hershey, all of these other respectable brands, and I was speaking on behalf of my successes with McCormick there, which was pretty exciting. So I think it's really important for anyone listening, don't be intimidated. Uh, just put yourself out there and you learn as you go. And I was just a young girl at the time. I'm still, I guess, young relatively, but young in a, in a very established industry that's very, you know, corporate-esque and I don't come from that world. Mm -hmm. and as long as you're confident in your capabilities and you're able to and you're competent to prove people wrong or prove pe show people what you can do you can the world is your oyster you know it's always about asking right it's yeah. persistence and asking mm -hmm. and for everything i've accomplished i've always asked for things and i've asked for things way outside of my pay grade even as a teenager and right. and and i think that you know people are uh, you know first off like bigger organizations that, you know, persistence is key. I think driving people nuts sometimes also yeah. helps. You know, we're all, to, to, to build a business, we're all a little nuts at heart, you know, in, yeah. in some way, going against the grain. Um, so, you know, I think, um, you know, I, I remember seeing, um, seeing when you spoke at that, that event you had posted on your socials, and uh, I was like, man, that is really cool to be able to kind of get, you know, uh, to go from, you know, doing shirts at University of Maryland up to this international, you know, billion dollar brand. It's fun and it it's a good balance for me because it is lonely as an entrepreneur and also being a an owner, you know, you have a kind of small circle, especially when you're working every day with your coworkers, which are great, but it's hard to find people that you can bounce ideas around. Mm -hmm. And similarly, we're a small business and this is a really great way for my team to work with these really cool corporations, go into their offices, meet their teams and not have that sense of just repetition. You know, we're, we're constantly working. We're almost essentially an agency with a lot of these people at this point. They're calling us and saying, here's our marketing plan for the year. How can you supplement this with apparel options? And that's what we thrive in. So it's a good balance. So like changing direction a little bit, you mentioned uh, being on Shopify. Uh, can you break down what your current e-commerce tech stack is? Sure, yeah. The main ones, I'll start with marketing. Um, Clavio mm -hmm. is what we use for email marketing. They're great. I've been through a few of them, and I just like the robust nature of it and the analytics behind it, and it makes scheduling emails very easy. Then we also do PostScript. I okay. know a lot of people are either on PostScript or Attentive. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a big fan of PostScript. The team is very receptive to curating a unique plan for you, and it, it really connects well with Clavio, and I'm big on the analytics and the tagging too. Uh, we have ShipStation for fulfillment. That was one of the first efficiencies that I solved. Oh yeah. Because I used to handwrite all my labels, and USPS would always be like, there's an easier way. <laughs> well, what is it? Tell me, ShipStation. I actually flew out to Austin when their team was super small, and they showed me how to set up my ShipStation account. Um, that's great. So I've been very loyal to ShipStation too. Uh, we use a lot of other uh, rudimentary apps for various solutions like low stock alerts. Okay. 
and things like that. But it's uh, there's a there's a lot of different things that help facilitate a smooth sailing Shopify yeah. store. Yeah, that's great. I mean, just all the things you can plug into that and, and help you you scale. I I always call it Clavio, and I use my Baltimore yeah. accent, and they they're like. I'm like, let me get that Clavio email, and they're like, please stop. You know, <laughs> you know we're uh, we have a very solid partnership with them, and they're like, please stop saying it. Like That's that. so funny. So, you know, yeah. So I love to talk in my Baltimore accent. For those of you that know me or meet me, especially after a couple of rosés, I will. Often, I got called out you know, on mine at University of Maryland by all the New Jersey and New Yorkers. I'm like, <laughs> you're the ones with an accent, not me. I think it's kind of dissipated but maybe i don't know maybe your listeners would probably say that we definitely both well have they're accents. like the the people think that, that hear me do it that are not from maryland or baltimore think i'm they're like what in, who is this nut what you are know, these you words are you're saying you're absolutely <laughs> you're absolutely absolutely crazy um so you made it through you made it through the COVID 19 thing like what's keeping you up at night now what are what is your biggest concerns for 2024 I'm going to be honest. I mean, we've had a lot of growth every year and especially like we're coming out of the tail end of the pandemic where we grew immensely, got a lot of extra press, publicity. I reached these levels of actually for the first time feeling content with my goals. Like I had a lot of set goals with where I wanted my business to go. And I at least financially, I reached all of them. And I'm now trying to reground myself and figure out what the next steps are. And for me, in my 20s, I spent a lot of the time boots on the ground with my business. I was creative, I was operations, I was all these things. And I think the biggest challenge for me is learning to let go still, honestly. And also I don't wanna limit my business because of myself. And you know, I, I, I've gone to speaking events where they analyze how an owner performs versus a CEO performs. And I am the owner and CEO of my company. Mm -hmm. And as an owner, it's important to stay out of the way of your business. And so I'm trying to assess whether or not like I need a strong operator, whether I should give up equity for that, or I should look into an investment route. And because I've been doing this since I was 19 and we've come a long way just with that guidance. And it's, it's, a, it's almost like a different playing field when you reach a certain level and the, the, questions and the solutions just become a little bit there's a lot more gray area and so that's my thing keeping me up at night now is trying to make the best decision for the brand and legacy versus just the day-to-day -day. Yeah. that's cool I mean you and you own your warehouse correct or yes yeah I'm so proud of that too because yeah. I didn't it was it's hard like there's so much warehousing space that's for lease and I I think that a real important part for entrepreneurship is to own the spaces that you're in and even before I owned my warehouse, I was exploring residential uh, zoned uh, RC properties, residential commercial, and I owned uh, RC, I believe RC six zoned property, um, which was what I needed at that time to get myself out of my parents' house. <laughs> so, so I think there's there's definitely ways to scale um, even just your footprint if you have a physical product that you can fulfill. And I highly recommend owning your real estate. It's a, the easiest way to grow your wealth. That's, uh, that's, that's important. That's important. Uh, we actually randomly happened to be in an event, uh, a private event yesterday with Vern Harnish talking about scaling up. And it was, I was curious for him to talk a lot about, you know, like start acting like your own PE firm, right? Your own private right. equity firm. Because easier said than you know, done, e right? You know, it's like very easier said than <laughs> Dangle done. Dangle some million dollars in front of me. <laughs> and, uh, um, but it was intriguing to kind of, you know, hear that talk of, of you know, 
of private equity will kind of chew you up a little bit and outside investment will chew you up. But if you're willing to kind of bet on yourself, you can do acquisitions, you can, you know, create subsidiary, subsidiary organizations, you can, you can go out and, and really like, like grow your, your, your gross sales, you know, accordingly yeah. with that. And so um, that was like an intriguing part of his, of his talk yesterday. I'm very, very dynamic speaker to, to be in a small group um, with him quite, quite frankly. Oh yeah, and I think the other takeaway I got from that was actually the fact that at that level of uh, PE firm is they have a very strong team of people around them that they can bring into something and solve all of the problems as a, as a conglomerate. And I think that's one thing that a lot of uh, e-commerce entrepreneurs that start off fresh and new and by themselves, frankly, like they get to this point where they are seeking some sort of, you know, expert team to solve all these problems at a certain level. So I think that's also something that I think is lacking in the industry at a certain age and or at a certain level. And I think that would be super uh, important to have. Do you, um, you know, do you operate your business like with any kind of framework like EOS or or any of those kind of any kind of tools like that? No, <laughs> I, I am big on processes and efficiencies, though. Okay. So um, a lot of the times, like when something is broken, I always focus first on what is the process that hasn't been defined or what is the process that needs to be enhanced. And a lot of that has we just sit down, kind of write something out. Everyone who's involved with that goes over it and then I save it on Dropbox and it's very rudimentary, I know. Um, and it gets interesting when new people come in and we have to onboard them to all those things. But that has been, I, I do at least know that efficiency and processes are a key to a successful company, at least, um, having those things in place. So it's super helpful for us. What do you see as the, the next evolution for either Route One Apparel as your, or yourself? Where do you think you're gonna go next? We're really focusing on the sports industry right now. And you know we've, we've had a lot of evolution in food and beverage, and that's been great. Um, I think that the next step is working with sports teams. And it's an, interesting, it's an interesting dynamic in the sports world because there are some players that are pretty locked into deals and at the higher level, like NFL, NHL, mm -hmm. all of that. But the teams really want to work with us. And so we're trying to navigate through all of the logistical issues with that. But the reassuring and exciting thing is that there's been some teams, some big teams that have actually been able to work around their agreements to work with us. And that's been a very humbling thing. Uh, we have some things coming up in the new year, which I'm really excited about with uh, some teams. I'm gonna have to get more involved in the sports world myself to learn <laughs> about all the different words. But um, it's just really exciting to see that there is a need for fresh new design and perspective. And also the fact that we are making really cool and original products that these teams are very excited to yeah. have. So I think that's the next evolution. And then secondly, Maryland's been keeping me busy, very busy, but I want to expand to a regional level. And we have a lot of designs in the works for other states. And I'm just trying to tactfully announce it mm -hmm. because I don't want to feel like a band that's sold out when they get signed to a major record label or something like that. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just, we, do, we have to spread our wings a little bit. And uh, yeah, you mentioned the other state states that have uh, pride and we have the ability to, expand our reach there so yeah that's great that's great um so wh where can our listeners find you online so we are on a website called rootwinapparel.com mm -hmm. spelled out 
R-O-U-T-E, you're going to hear my Baltimore accent, <laughs> R-O-U-T-E-O-N-E-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, you name it. Instagram is personally where I like to hang out. We just reached 100,000 followers oh, wow. not too long ago. Yes, I'm so excited. Super pumped about that. And uh, yeah, and and, we're and actually, also... my son is was featured in some reels on your. On, he did a, a yes. video shoot. Oh uh, yeah, that know. was so sweet. Um, um, yeah, it's fun because uh, I, I I view ourselves as a community brand, so we're doing a lot of fun content all around Maryland subculture and all of that. So that's a lot to be found. If you want to get a boot camp of what Maryland's all about, just go to our Instagram page. <laughs> but yeah, we're on our website, and feel free to check us out on any of those other social mediums. That's great. That's great. Well, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your very busy schedule to come in and tell your story, talk about your website and your tech stack. It's been really cool to to hear the details of how you've grown this from your dorm room up to to where you are today as a you know a, a real leader of of Maryland apparel. I think you are the the top echelon of people in the state that are selling those those products. So um, you are the you are the market. So I really appreciate you joining us today. Uh, thank you for joining the e-commerce masters podcast. And uh, for more information, uh, you can come to our website at www.groovecommerce.com. Thank you. Mm -hmm.